This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today's topic is five holiday financial strategies. You know, um, when we approach the holidays, there's a lot of stress. And I think that starting to think about the financial impact of the holidays early is a good tip for everybody listening. Now, with me this morning, I have Amy McFarland. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. This is a great topic. And I want to add that generally, I, I always, we don't we do this every holiday season? We do. We think. <laughs> okay, next year. Yes. And every time I unpack holiday gifts, I have little notes from Amy of 2016, 2015, <laughs> 2014. I have little notes that say, don't forget to use the the this bowl because it matches these things. I go, oh, yeah, thank you, Amy, 2016. <laughs> but that's about as extreme as it gets for me on the pre-planning. I think, though, that for a lot of people, when you look back over the holidays after you've experienced them, the two biggest complaints that people have is that they spent too much money and they gained too much weight. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have both of those complaints. Yeah. yeah. And I was, I laugh about that, about the, because everyone's setting these goals, you know, sure. and, um, and it's blamed all on the holidays. And I saw a very fun, fat, funny Facebook post that said, what are you saying? You were fat in August. <laughs> <laughs> I guess on the financial side, that's like saying, what are you talking about overspending you at the holidays? Poor. You overspend on your summer vacation. <laughs> exactly. But you know, it's human nature to point the finger at someone else absolutely. You know, or we can, at something. Yes, absolutely. So we thought today would be a good time to get out ahead of the holiday rush. Um, you know, it's early November and thinking about how you want to experience the holidays. And we thought this would be helpful. So okay. the first thing that we want to suggest for our listeners is you think about setting your spending goal and having a spending cap now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the easiest way to think about doing this is to consider where might you have overspent in years past. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, Amy, but I know that there's definitely one area that I tend to overspend or definitely certain people I tend to overspend on. Well, I would say it starts with a G and you would say it starts <laughs> with, ends a with a Ends with a grandson. <laughs> yes. Overspending on grandkids is absolutely the oh. easiest thing in the world to do. Well, you know, in a way, not to psychoanalyze it, but that's one thing you can have control over on your grandkids, you know. You may not be controlling how they're raised, but by golly, you can control what they're going to play with. There you go. So, you know, when I look back at, you know, holidays past and think about that, and I, I think about the conversations I've had with clients and with people about finances connected to holidays, I start to see some patterns in it. And the patterns that I see happening are overspending on kids, overspending on grandkids, Mm -hmm. and then weird kind of guilt trips that especially moms have about needing to spend the exact same dollar amount on every child. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. And then you get into, you further that by 
needing to have the exact same number of packages under the tree for each child to open. Yes. I don't care if one of those boxes is a box of bobby pins. Right. Exactly. Everybody's got to have five packages or whatever the number is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it kind of builds on itself because mm-hmm. you try to square up one thing and you probably messed up the other count. And You're making all messy. these internal rules. Right. You know? Yes. For gift giving. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> so... The thing that I would recommend that people do is think about what the total is that you want to spend on Christmas gifts Mm -hmm. and figure out that number first. So what's in your budget? What can you afford to do? And what do you want to spend on Christmas gifts? And start there. Most people start with making a list of who they need to get a gift for and Mm -hmm. then assign a dollar value and then come up with a number that way. But I want you to start that backwards this year. I want you to have a total and then get creative about figuring out how you're going to spend that total instead of let the total be dictated to you. Right. Yeah. Um, That really is going to help you um, not overspend because it's going to be a final dollar limit that you say you're not going over. But I think it's also going to clarify for you where and who makes sense to be spending money on. And if there's ways to adjust the way that you've been doing things to align better with your own budget. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have not planned a wedding, but I would liken it, let's just say having a big party and the day of out of panic you're spending all this extra money to make it extra special yes and or let's say you're dragging out all these decorations it's so much better if you can imagine the day after the day the week the month before and is that really gonna matter and Mm -hmm. put it in perspective yep you're Mm -hmm. that's a great way to think Uh about that yeah so um, I remember when my kids were young, I have three children, and when they were young, we always had stockings and stocking stuffers and things like that. And I remember it was easy to get out of hand with even just the stocking stuffers because I had oh. thought about how much I wanted to spend on gifts for my kids, but I hadn't thought about the extra money that I was going to have to spend stuffing the stockings. Yes. And then you end up, up either getting nothing but a bunch of junk. Yes. Or you end up spending way too much money now because the stockings are just extra gifts that they're getting. Yes. So think about those things as you're creating this overall budget for your holiday spending and just set that cap. I think that's a really important thing for people. I do too. We told the kids uh, a few years ago, all three girls, our budget is $300 on each of you, just saying. Like we set the Mm -hmm. bar low well before. Let them kind of chew on that. (laughs) Sure. Yep. And as your kids get older or as your grandchildren get older, they probably have some pretty specific Mm -hmm. ideas about what they like. Mm -hmm. Um, And if nothing else, cash always works. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're going to get thumbs up on that from a lot of people out there. (laughs) Exactly. Good point, Mary. But if you don't want to give cash as part of your gift getting strategy, the second strategy that I wanted to talk about today was looking for deals now. So I know that we have the major Thanksgiving after days uh, spending spree time coming up and lots of Black Friday deals and lots of big things happening. But the reality is there are significant deals happening right now that are the whole pre-Thanksgiving, pre-holiday deals. Mm -hmm. And so if you keep your eyes open, um, you might find some great seasonal sales going on right now 
and and just doing a little bit of digging to look for those. So after, or I'm sorry, the back to school sales that happened recently, the things that didn't get sold then are really clearanced out right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. And they make great gifts. Your kids wanted that stuff when they went back to school and if they didn't get it, but you can get it for a really good deal now, this is a smart time to be shopping for things like that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So keep your eyes open for those. And, um, those are the, the things that can really help you trim your budget. Now the big shopping days, of course, are black Friday and then cyber Monday. Mm -hmm. And I think the last statistic I saw said that Cyber Monday is starting to rival Black Friday for sales. Yes. Like it's becoming a big, big, big thing. Yes. You can stay at home. Yes. (laughs) I like that. I do too. I don't know about you, but have you been out there and fought... Christmas crowds after Thanksgiving when I the big stores. I just it just makes me so crabby. <laughs> it does. I'll either go at like eight AM never on a weekend. <laughs> never <laughs> I remember when my daughter was little, I got up one morning at like five in the morning to go to Target sure. to get the easy bake oven that was on some <laughs> massive clearance sale. And just the hassle of that for yeah, me was not worth the $12 that I saved yeah. on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Your time versus your money. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm all about Cyber Monday personally. If yes. I can get as much shopping done online and have free shipping and free returns, then that is a great way for me to get things done. And the other component, Mary, that we definitely want to bring up is supporting your local businesses. Yes. You're not going to have those massive lines if you go in... Um, um, you know, if I go in my cousin's flower shop, sure, it's it's going to be more of a social experience and be a lot of fun. But um, that's where the big box falls a little yes, short on exactly. that experience. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So one of the things that I think is important when you consider your holiday strategies is um how you want your experience to feel. And and that is something that people don't really spend a lot of time thinking about. And for, I think, many people, the idea here is that the holidays are about the experience and the togetherness and the connectedness, but it really gets lost inside the money and the gifts and the fairness of the gifts and all the other craziness that, that we have. Not to mention that most families have some level of dysfunction (laughs) in relationships with somebody. You have a crazy uncle or the the black sheep brother or something like that. So there's so many different family dynamics that arise around the holidays that if you can ease your stress around money, that's a really good thing to do. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about five holiday financial strategies that hopefully will help ease the stress um, as you move through this next holiday period. We talked about setting a spending goal and spending cap now, and then working backwards to figure out how to divide that among your list. And then we also talked about looking for deals early and focusing on things like Cyber Monday and local businesses. The third strategy that we have, though, is something that's kind of unique, and that's called redirecting your social fund. Oh. So a lot of people have money they spend on a pretty regular basis for the things that they go out and do. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you have Tuesday night date night with your spouse, or maybe you have a 
dinner club that you mm-hmm. go to or different things that we spend money on for entertainment. But a lot of the times in November and December, our main entertainment ends up surrounding holiday experiences with our family. Mm-hmm. And so if money is tight or if you're looking for ways to make sure that you don't overspend overall, then redirecting the money that you would normally spend on your typical social engagements to holiday spending is a really good way for people to keep things kind of on an even keel financially. That makes a lot of sense. So think about that, the redirection of your social fund. All right. The next strategy, number four, is to think outside the traditional gift box and consider family gifts that encourage experiences. That is a great, great thing to think about. And that really goes back to also it can tie in with your spending goals sure. and being more creative. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So uh, my family has four siblings and then um, three out of the four siblings have children, most of us multiple children, and now there's another layer of grandchildren and things like that. So a number of years ago, um, we started doing just gifts to a sibling instead of gifts to all of the sibling. And then we started thinking about how can we encourage something that lets all of the grandkids and cousins and things like that enjoy time with each other. So one of the things that we do in my family, instead of spending a bunch of money on a lot of kids, um, is that every year we buy a new family game. Oh. And I get to be the one that picks that out. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so much fun. And I scour the shelves at the toy stores or at the Barnes & Noble. They have a lot of good games there. And I look for something that is going to appeal to kind of a wide range of ages. Because for me, the game time at Christmas has become even more fun than just the gift-giving time. Well, and statistics are really coming out now. They're doing a lot of studies about the family who is, let's say, plays board games together um, how that affects them even growing up and the experience. So when I was young, there was a saying, the family that prays together stays together. Yeah. And maybe now what we're saying is the family that plays together stays together. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, we'll add the pray and play. There you go. <laughs> Happy holidays. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, um, think about that experiential factor. The other thing that we do in my family is that usually at this point, it's just my youngest sister and I who are the siblings that come to my mom and dad's house for Christmas. And then my kids are older. And then, of course, I have a a grandson, as I may have mentioned before. (laughs) But anyway, I always bring a puzzle. And my sister and I like to do puzzles. And and the downtime at the holidays is kind of fun to just sit around and do a puzzle. Mm -hmm. So we set up a special card table and we do a puzzle. And people kind of drop by the puzzle table and sit down and do a little bit of the puzzle. Sure. So it gives me a chance to interact with kids. My grandson, he mostly just steals the pieces and we have to steal them back. (laughs) (laughs) But my sister and I have great conversations. My mom will sit down and and do a little puzzle with us. My older kids will sit down occasionally and do some. So it's just a good connective time Mm -hmm. over something as inexpensive as a puzzle. Well, and you know, Mary, once you kind of get this type of activity established, I've found that um, my two oldest girls oftentimes will say, hey, 
I would love this for Christmas, and it's more of an experience. Mm -hmm. I had my oldest daughter just tell me, I would love if you would get me back into ice skating lessons, and oh, they start wow. in February. Okay. And I said that, and that's more of a, mm -hmm. now not an experience together, but something that she really wants. Right. That, Rather you know, than a thing. Maybe I don't have to pay for mm -hmm. it until February. <laughs> there you go. You can spread out your Give her a there. certificate. <laughs> the, um, another thing that I um, have done with my family is that each year we build a gingerbread house together. Oh. You I know, know, and you can get the big gingerbread kit houses for, you know, Eight, 15 bucks or something sure. like that. And that's a great time to spend an hour or two just fooling around with your family and kids and having a great time together and conversing. And I see people do that with Christmas baking or Christmas cookie decorating and things like that. So the tip here is to think outside the gift box and buy family gifts that encourage experiences. And if you think about spending your money that way, instead of having to buy multiple gifts from multiple people of stuff, then you you get that feeling of connectivity that a lot mm -hmm. of people are seeking during the holidays and you get it for an inexpensive financial cost. Yes, yes. And as many of our listeners, um, ha they have very large families, which means larger grandchildren, mm -hmm. families, and all of that. And the, even the exchange of gifts, um, picking yep. a sibling and, yep. and getting it under control. Instead of for everyone. Yes, yeah. it mm -hmm. absolutely makes a difference. Mm -hmm. All right. The fifth and final tip that I have for you today is to trim the decorating budget. Okay. And the thing about the decorating budget is this is where we see commercialism at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> right? The stores have had Christmas stuff in them for a month already. Oh. And it's all about the decorations and keeping up with the Joneses and having your house look like some kind of fairyland. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that people tend to spend a lot of money on that can be very wasteful is um, wrapping decoration. Oh. Mm -hmm. So I'm all for beautiful gifts and I'm all for a beautiful house. But the reality is trimming your decorating budget is a great way to spend less during the holidays. Okay. Like, okay. <clears throat> yep. That is, mm -hmm. I, go ahead. Yes. I, I, just was <laughs> thinking, I think she agrees. <laughs> I spent, I spent an inordinate amount of time kind of creating um, my packages like a certain way. I'll spend okay. a lot of time and I enjoy it. I enjoy thinking, you know, I'm going to go get some sticks outside. And, and obviously sure. there's no such thing as an original idea. I have been inspired by <laughs> something. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and my husband's mother has taught me the joy that can come from using glue guns <laughs> <laughs> on gifts instead of tape. So here's two tips that you can use to find ways to trim your decorating budget. So number one is called Stop or Swap. So if you already have a stash of Christmas decorations, but you really want to update the look of how you're decorating your home, okay. hold off for just one more season and buy your decorations on clearance in late December and then just save them for the following year. Okay. So instead of having the instant gratification of this year and paying five times as much, that's a great way to set yourself up to change your look for next year. Another way to do it is to, like, people do holiday cookie swaps, mm -hmm. but to think about doing holiday decoration swaps. Oh, so, what a clever idea. Thank you. So, <laughs> like you said, there are no original ideas. I didn't come up with that one on my own. But if you have a holiday decoration swap with people, it's a great way to add some freshness to your look and have something a little bit new mm -hmm. without having any cost involved mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. 
The second strategy is just starting small. So if you're someone who's on your own for the first time, or if you haven't started accumulating boxes of ornaments, things like that, then I would recommend that you buy the bare minimum to get started and think about just adding one or two great things per year, but to do it right after Christmas. Or to put Christmas decorations on your list of gifts that you'd like to receive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. Well, and I always make the joke, I have a December birthday and a good friend of mine has a January birthday. And I said, you know why that's no fair for you? Because you have to buy me a full-priced gift, (laughs) (laughs) and I get to buy it for you, same gift, half price. (laughs) So there's also that at the time of when you're shopping for gifts, you know. So to tie this back to some of your financial planning that we talk about, one of the things that happens with holiday giving is that it's a risk to your overall budget. Right. And so being able to eliminate the risk of overspending or being able to eliminate your um, issues with it and to tie it to something that's more meaningful, I think, is what we really wanted this show to be about. Um, Speaking of risk. One of the things that we focus on a lot, especially around the end of the year, is making sure that people's investment portfolios are aligned with the right level of risk. And if you're questioning whether yours is or whether this big bull market that we've been having for quite some time now has skewed your risk level and made it more risky, then this is a great time to do a little pre-holiday planning for your portfolio Yeah, (laughs) and give us a call to get a free risk tolerance quiz. So we encourage you to reach out and ask for that if you would like it. So hopefully this will help you create a risk-free holiday (laughs) (laughs) from stress. (laughs) And these five holiday financial strategies will help you plan a wonderful holiday season for you and yours. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.